Thank you, Faith, for bringing that scripture. Uh, every, every year, uh, the theme of joy, we look at that Luke chapter 2. Praise the Lord. I was at the um, As One service last night, and it was the, probably the larger, one of the larger turnouts for our As One gathering. For those of you who don't know, our churches come together and have a joint service, and and the next next one will be in February. It's going to be at First Baptist Church, and the new pastor from Northland Harvest, Eric, uh, will be will be bringing a message there. So. Last night, uh, Pastor Kent from First Baptist brought the message at Cornerstone, and it was, you know, he told a part of his testimony. Um, he told of when he went to a church when he was a young man in college, a junior in college. He'd been raised in the church. He grew up in the church. He, um, he, he knew, knew the scriptures, been to Bible studies, youth group, and all the above. Many of you probably took part in those things yourselves. But he knew that there was something missing in his life. And when he went to church in college, he went into this service and he felt like all the people in there had a joy in them that he didn't have. There was something missing inside their spirit, inside their soul. And he wanted that. And uh, he said after the service, he went and he spoke to the, the drummer of the worship team. And then that was going back a few years, and so they were. That church was way ahead of the game with a drummer, right? Because drums kind of they came in later in the church service. But anyway, the drummer talks to him, and he says, "Well, I, he said, uh, Kent, he said, I, th- I think you need to go home and talk to God about it." He didn't. He didn't try to, you know, persuade him to receive Jesus at that time. Uh, he just said, "I, I think you need to go home and just talk to God and have a chat with Him." And uh, he did. He went home, and he said he got on his knees, and he just said, Lord, I don't have that joy that I see in the people, and I want you to be my personal God. And he said, all of a sudden, it wasn't just uh, being growing up in the church and, and just saying, I went to church. Now he had this personal relationship, and he understood what the other people had. They had a joy that was something inside his spirit. And I find it interesting today for myself personally that when I first started, you know, obviously we know the theme of joy is coming. We know ahead of time we're going to do this on this week and this on this week. Next week is going to be peace, and here we come to joy. My first thought of, of, of um, joy was that what about my friend Gary and Connie that are going, waiting for a liver transplant? I mean, when we think of joy naturally, we think, well, we see Jody this week. She has a grandchild. I mean, you talk about joy. You see the joy. But then, then this, this, last week, this, this last week, we had a, a friend, Katrina, who loses a sister to suicide. And then we talk about joy. And, um, and then, then uh, last Sunday morning, I believe it was God, a miracle of God that when I woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning, I had, my eyes were all full and I, I just, I couldn't hardly breathe. And I thought, oh Lord, I'm going to have to call the guys and say, you know, get that sermon out of your back pocket because I'm not coming in. And, and the Lord just touched me and I came here last Sunday and I'll bet you, you didn't know I was sick. But then all this week I've been sick. And so it's interesting, I just say this is because, because joy isn't necessarily like something you conjure up. 
the kind of joy that God is talking about in his word and what God talks about, this joy unspeakable and full of glory, isn't something you just work up and sort of have to try to, I'm going to church now, it's the theme of joy. I have to go there and I have to be joyful. It's something that God does. And I think as we come to look at this passage, I'm going to read the scripture, basically what, what faith read in Luke chapter 2. And I believe if we, if we take and imitate these shepherds in the way they responded, received the message, and what they did with the message, and how they lived their life after going to see the Lord who was announced, his birth was announced, that we will find something ha- will happen to us internally. We won't have to work it up. We won't have to sort of try to act like we're joyful. Something will happen in our soul when we take and imitate the shepherd's response to the message that God has for us. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. We might read a little bit more verses than, than faith read. We'll go start in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor, governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, which was really a feed trough, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were there, now there there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And this is what we've been singing about just now this morning with the Christmas songs we've been singing. And behold, An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid, which is usually the response. If you read, when an angel shows up, you might be afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, and that's a critical word there, behold. It means really take a good look here. I want you to listen up right now. Don't just look but look from within your soul. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What that angel actually announced to them in, in the original language here, the way, what the scripture was written in, he says that there's been a Savior Christ Lord. That's who was born. He gives, them, he gives them the titles, Savior, Christ, Lord. And then he says, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Can you imagine that? First of all, having an angel show up. Now you've got a host of angels. Oh, man, I would love to see a host of angels. I really would. Um, 
There's another story I'll tell you sometime later on that from my own personal testimony. But verse 15, so it, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, hey, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm just asking you, Lord, to come and minister to us as a church, as individuals, as people. And Lord, if, some, if, if there's any of us here today that just have a sense that, that we really don't have the joy of the Lord in our hearts, we're not sensing that fullness of joy, that joy unspeakable that the Bible talks about, full of glory. We're not full of joy. Lord, I pray today would be a day when our eyes would be open, our heart would be open. And as we l contemplate the, the shepherd's response and that we might imitate them, follow their path, and come to a place where we can be full ourselves, full of joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this was the announcement of the birth of the Savior, the birth of Christ. Savior, Christ, Lord. These were the titles given to, to Jesus. Savior, which means really the same as Jesus. It means to make safe. It means to deliver, to preserve, to make alive, to cause to, us, to escape from something. That's, that's, what he, that's what the title was. This is this babe that's been announced that the shepherds were hearing about, that the angels came and sang, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, announcing the fact that here now, after all these years, a Savior has come. You know, on, on Wednesday night, we were discussing that whole scene with Zechariah when he, he, an angel showed up to him and said, you're going to have a son. Your wife is going to, you're going to have a baby. And you're going to name him John. And that was John the Baptist. And we were talking about that, the, this announcement. There had not been any word from heaven at that point for 400 years. And now all of a sudden, here's this announcement. And then right after that, the, the angel Gabriel goes and visits Mary and says, you're going to have a child. It's going to be a supernatural Christ because he's the Lord. He spoke himself that he was going to send the Holy Spirit to us, that we could ask for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us. And it's through the Holy Spirit of God that we are given the joy of the Lord. It's not something natural, it's something supernatural. And it's something that we have to actually ask for, something that we have to actually s acknowledge that we don't have. And he says, if you'll ask, 
for anything in my name, I will give it to you. And anyone that asks for his spirit to come and fill you, he will come and fill you with his spirit. And when you're filled with his spirit, because he is he is the author of joy, that you will have this joy. There is uh, some verses that I want to give you because it's better to give you the verses than it is for me just to chat away to you. First of all, in Galatians 5.22, tells us there that the fruit of this spirit that he wants us to have when we give our lives to Christ and he comes in and changes our life, the fruit of the Spirit of God is love first, which we looked at. And then it's joy. And then it's peace. So the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, when, when the seed of God comes and plants inside of you, in your heart, the fruit of that seed is going to be love, it's going to be joy, and it's going to be peace. That is the fruit of the Spirit. So if you're lacking, then ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the Word of God. Sometimes I don't know how you personally feel, but when you read scriptures like that, it can be intimidating, and you might lack the confidence to actually speak this to a friend who doesn't have the joy of the Lord, doesn't have the love of Christ, doesn't have the peace of Christ, and you might say, mm, is this going to make any sense to the person? I want to encourage you, as you look at this passage, when the angels spoke to the shepherds, they spoke the, the word from God to the shepherds. The shepherds responded, when we speak the word of God to people, we, I ask you to trust that, that they're going to receive this and they're going to respond to this just like the shepherds did. So when I'm up here even talking today and even this goes out on the website, when we say, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that I can say with great confidence that as you put your trust in God, whether it's at nighttime, during the day, or wherever you are, you say, Lord, I don't fully understand it all, but I, 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 I'm choosing to believe what I'm reading here. Then the word says that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and that the fruit of the Spirit of God in you is going to fill you with love and joy and peace. It's going to, it's going to come out of you because He's in you. And we can have great confidence as, as a church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to proclaim this. In John 15, uh, 11, I almost wanted to bring a sermon just based on John 15, and then 16 and 17. But as I looked at that, I thought, well, every, every time at this time of year, we always look at Luke chapter 2. And I don't want to throw people off and... and 
But, but in, in John 15, John says, and you know, some of you know this, it says, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he wants us to stay in the vine so that when we're in the vine, we're receiving the sap from God, which is the Holy Spirit of God, the life of God, coming into you like a branch grafted into the vine. And when he gets down to 1511, after he's told them that, that be obedient to me, give your life to me, stay in the vine, don't neglect getting together as one another, encouraging one another. 1511 says, these things I have spoken unto you, that the joy that is mine may be in you, and that your joy may be fulfilled. So, so I mean, just, just ask you, look at you say, Lord, I'm not so sure that I have the joy. Now, I don't want to assume that you don't have the joy, because I know many of you do. Because I see it in you when you walk through the door, and I've seen it when I've gone out with you. I know that the joy of the Lord, in many of you, is your strength. But I also know my own personal life, and I know that he's my strength, and I know that I, that I believe that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is flowing through me. But I know there's times when if I'm disobedient or I get myself eyes off of Jesus, that that whole thing about being in the vine, all of a sudden I take myself off the vine. And then all of a sudden I'm not getting that sap and that, and that life of God, the Messiahship, the Christ, the Savior, the Lord, all that his, that he has for me been poured into me because I've turned away from him. And yet the word of God's saying, look, I've spoken these things to you. Jesus is Jesus talking that the joy that is mine might be in you. So why would you turn away from me? Why would you be disobedient to me? And yet we do, don't we? And then we have a revelation, and we might walk in the church service like Pastor Kent and say, I don't have the joy that I see these other folks have. And the response might be, well, get on your knees and get back in the vine because the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And that believing means when you live in accordance with God's laws and rules and his message, which says that just stay in me. The purpose of our union with Christ is so that we may have joy. He wants us to have joy. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, I'm not going to read those verses, but he talks in there about how you, we will have a joy. It's inexpressible. It's unspeakable. You can't even describe it. But that's the joy that God has for you. The old years ago, St. Augustine he said this, he says, Father, command what you will and grant what you command. In other words, if you command me to stay in the vine and your promise is 
that your joy will be mine. Then grant me that joy. That's a prayer. Lord, I want to believe, but help me in my own belief. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's where our strength's going to come from. It's going to come from God. It's going to come from God. Now, at, at the beginning of the service, I prayed for my friend Gary. And of course, you know that Gary writes songs and he sings songs, and those songs are birthed out of his own personal struggles, his own personal walk with the Lord. And he was telling me that uh, he was fighting a serious struggle not too long ago, just a, f just a, just a few weeks ago. Um, and I don't even need, none of us need to know all the details of those serious struggles because we all have serious struggles, don't we? At times they come upon us so strong. And, and he said that... Uh, he just got on his knees and he says, Lord, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna fall. I don't wanna go this direction that my heart and my my flesh is drawing me to. I wanna stay strong. And he was just begging God to help him. He was grabbing a hold of that vine, if you will, in his spirit. He he wanted to have what God says is his if he if he will just hope in him and hang on to him. And then he said, about a half an hour passed by in this serious struggle, in this serious prayer, and then came the stability. See, sometimes it doesn't happen instantly. Sometimes it takes a little time. It's just, I don't know if you've ever grafted a branch into, into a vine or into a, another tree, and you tie it with a string, you put the wax around it. It takes a while for that to produce a leaf. And that's how it is sometimes with God. Now, sometimes he does it instantly. Sometimes he takes his time because he knows what's best for us. And we can trust him. So at the beginning I said, how about imitating these shepherds? How about if we look at what they did, they first, where they received this message, where they listened to the the, the angel announced that this is the Savior that's born. This is Christ. This is the Lord. And there's going to be a sign for you. It's going to, you're going to find Christ in Bethlehem. And, and, and they got up and they went to Bethlehem. Now in our day, in your day, it's not Bethlehem we need to go to. There's a group who are going to be going from Minot to Israel. And I've been to Israel. Some of you have probably been to Israel. And we can go to Bethlehem. It's just an insignificant little town just a few miles out, outside of Jerusalem. But it's precious to walk. It is precious to walk where Jesus walked or where we believe that Jesus walked. But see, it's not Bethlehem that we go to now. It's not, if we're going to imitate the shepherds, they went to Bethlehem to see this thing. For us, the imitation, the thing to imitate is for us to go to our Bible. Because in the Bible is the message of the Savior, the Lord, the Christ. It's the story of, 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 of him coming. It's the story of his arrival. It's the story of the miracles that occurred 
when he lived on this earth. It's the story of the Acts of the Apostles after the Holy Spirit came and the miracles that occurred. It's the letters that were written to the churches to challenge them when they get out of the vine to get back into it. When they fall away to come back and God is there, he's patient, he's with us, he loves us so dearly. And so if we're going to see this and imitate them, run to your Bible to see if what you're hearing today is true. Even the few verses that I'm sharing, even the idea that joy can be yours, joy unspeakable and full of glory, hope can be yours, love can be yours, and that joy is going to come in the morning. The Bible in Psalm 30 says that Weeping may last for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning as you give yourselves to Christ. Can you do that? Can you imitate them? And when they went there, they saw these things. To see this thing, they said, has come to pass. And when they came, when they, they, and they came with haste, verse 16, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. So if we're going to imitate the, this, the, these, these shepherds, when they, rather than run into Bethlehem, we run to our Bible. If we really truly imitate them, then we make widely known what we are receiving from the Bible. Here's what I've heard. Here's what I've saw. Here's what I've experienced. And I want to share it with you. And it says in verse 18, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now, let's just be real there. A lot of times now, when we go sharing our faith and our sharing what we read in the Bible, it's not like a 100% of the time that people are just marveling at what they're hearing you share. It's like you don't even know what, this, what the person's thinking. Sometimes they, they might outlandishly just reject you but you don't know how many seeds you're planting on Wednesday night I showed a photograph of Facebook of Larry and Cinder Grubb just ordinary shepherds of Christ that in 1986 kept inviting me to church over and over and over again they were very pleasant about it I could see the life of Christ in them. The joy of the Lord was their strength. And eventually I did go to church. They put me on a prayer list. You've heard this, my story. They put me on the prayer list. They prayed for me every, every Wednesday night. I, I found out later how I was being prayed for. And that was why I think I was miserable. Because I was fighting God. I didn't want to turn to Him. The message was being shared with me all the time. But I was like... I, these shepherds, they were wide open to this. Well, they had angels. I asked the Lord to show me angels. But Larry and Cinder Grubb, and I, there they are. They're, they're working regular jobs, but they shared Christ with me. One time I was asked to bring a service, an outdoor service. It was a as-one type of service down in Colorado Springs. We were downtown, down in the city center, and I was speaking, and I was challenged by a person, a street person, that walked up to the platform, and she said, look at you up there in your fancy shirt and your pants. What do you know? 
and then and then she proclaimed that she struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction and what did I know? And it it, it jolted me and there were several hundred people there and I and I uh, stopped and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna share my testimony. Because this woman doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know my history. She doesn't know my background. She doesn't know where I came from. And as I began to share my testimony, out in the crowd was Larry and Cinder Grubb. They'd driven up from New Mexico to Colorado Springs, a six-hour drive. And they were there sitting in the crowd. I was able to have them stand up and say, there's Larry and Cinder Grubb. They, knocked, they, they, they kept inviting me to church when I was lost. And that was a powerful thing for me. And I've never forgotten it. Joy comes in the morning. Just to close, there's a song that, that um, the Gaithers sing, and I like the Gaithers, they're old people. They're all my old friends. But the words of this song, it says, if you've knelt beside the rubble of an aching, broken heart, when the things you gave your life to fell apart, you're not the first to be acquainted with sorrow, grief, or pain, but the master promised sunshine after rain. And the chorus is, hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. Weeping only lasts for a night. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. The darkest hour means dawn is just in sight. You know that it gets darkest right before dawn. The temperature drops as dawn comes. But God's calling us. He's calling people at this Christmas time to come to him. Then the announcement that the shepherds heard is the announcement that we need to be sharing. The second verse of this song is to, to invest your seeds of trust in God in mountains you can't move. You have risked your life on things you cannot prove. But to give the things you cannot keep for what you cannot lose now, that's the way to find the joy God has for you. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning, weeping only lasts for a night. And there's another song that I've been singing uh, playing on the, on the YouTube all week to myself. And it's a song written by the Gaithers. And it's called, it's, uh, the words are shackled by a heavy burden neath a load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me and now I am no longer the same. You know that song, don't you? He touched me. Oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Don't you love that? Something happened, and now I know he touched me, and he made me whole. That's, the, that's what he wants to do. And then he says, since I met this blessed Savior, since He cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise Him. 
I'll shout it while eternity rolls. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Has he touched you? Has he spoken to you? Do you have that joy, unspeakable, full of glory, that hope, that love? If you don't, I want to encourage you just to bow your knee to Christ and say, Christ, I've, I've, I've been dis detached from your vine, and so I know inside of me that I don't have that joy and I want it. And if you ask, he gives you what you ask. If you need his Holy Spirit, he gives you his Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace. Did he, has he touched you? It will flood your soul when he does. Something happened, and now I know. He touched me, and he made me whole. Father, I pray that not only would we imitate these shepherds and run after you and not necessarily go into Bethlehem, but go to our Bible. And I pray in the name of Jesus that as we come to understand the truths of your Bible, the truths that, uh, that you tell us in the Bible, that we will gladly share them. We don't have to run off and go to seminary unless you're calling us there, Lord. We go back to our jobs, back to our places of work, and we share the love and the joy of Christ because you've touched us and you've made us whole. Good tidings, good news. That's what you brought to us, and you're bringing that to us today. In Jesus' name, amen.